This audio lecture is based entirely upon the case books Liberty, Equality, and Due Process, Cases, Controversies, and Contexts in Constitutional Law, and First Amendment, Cases, Controversies, and Contexts by Ruth Ann Robson. The case books are published by Cali E. Langdell Press and licensed Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0. That means that the author has allowed everyone to copy and redistribute the material in any medium or format and remix, transform, and build upon the material as long as users give appropriate credit. Don't use the material for commercial purposes and redistribute contributions under the same license. Much thanks is due to Ruthann for writing these books and providing them to everyone for free. In furtherance of this spirit and in compliance with the original license, I also license this audio lecture as Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0. I hope you enjoy. Welcome, everybody, to Section 2 of the United States Constitution Lectures. In this section, we'll discuss an introduction to constitutional interpretation and judicial review. First, a basic constitutional timeline. We each have different understandings of American history, political philosophy, government, or social justice based on our background. So here is a basic timeline of text that might be helpful. The Declaration of Independence in 1776, authored by Thomas Jefferson, the Declaration's most famous passage is thus. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. The Declaration of Independence also includes a list of grievances regarding acts of King George III against the American colonies. Some of these reappear as specific guarantees in the Constitution. For example, the grievance quartering large bodies of armed troops among us is echoed in the Third Amendment. One of the grievances in the draft declaration by Jefferson is an explicit attack on slavery and the slave trade. Quote, He has waged cruel war against human nature itself, violating its most sacred rights of life and liberty in the persons of a distant people who never offended him captivating and carrying them 
into slavery in another hemisphere or to incur miserable death in their transportation thither. This piratical warfare, the opprobrium of infidel powers, is the warfare of the Christian king of Great Britain, determined to keep open a market where men should be bought and sold. The Articles of Confederation and Perpetual Union, drafted in 1776 and ratified by the 13 states in 1781. This is the precursor to the United States Constitution, sometimes known as the United States First Constitution or Failed Constitution, usually simply called the Articles of Confederation. The generally accepted rationale for the failure of the Articles of Confederation was that the national government was too weak when compared with state governments. The United States Constitution, including the Bill of Rights, drafted in 1787, becoming effective in 1789. In addition to the text of the Constitution, there were three contextual sources that are often cited in historical sources. The debates at the Constitutional Convention, the Anti-Federalist Papers, which arguments circulated to the states during the ratification process generally against the Constitution, and the Federalist Papers, arguments circulated to the states during the ratification process in favor of the Constitution. The U.S. Constitution structures the federal government into three parts. Article 1 establishes and relates to the legislative branch, stating, All legislative powers herein granted shall be vested in a Congress of the United States, which shall consist of a Senate and House of Representatives. It provides specific enumerated powers to Congress, specific limitations, and provides limitations on the powers of states. Article 2 establishes and relates to the executive branch. It establishes the office of president and vice president, the manner of election by electors, specific roles of the president, and impeachment. Article 3 establishes and relates to the judicial branch. It provides that the judicial power is vested in one Supreme Court and such inferior courts as Congress may establish, extending to, quote, all cases in law and equity arising under this Constitution, unquote, and in other instances. Articles 4 to 7 also relate to the structure of the government. Article 4 relates to relations among the states and among citizens of each state. Article 5 relates to the mode of amendment. Article 6 includes the supremacy clause, declaring that the Constitution and the laws made pursuant to the Constitution are the supreme law of the land. 
Article 7 outlines the process for ratification of the Constitution. The amendments to the Constitution as originally proposed were 12. Only 10 passed, and these are known as the Bill of Rights. The Reconstruction Amendments appeared after the Civil War from 1861 to 1865. The 13th Amendment, Abolition of Slavery in 1865. The 14th Amendment, Equal Protection Due Process in 1868. The 15th Amendment, Voting Not Deprived on Basis of Race in 1870. Judicial Review. Judicial Review, the power of the judiciary to declare acts of a usually elected legislative or executive body void as unconstitutional is both a cornerstone and a divisive subject of United States constitutional law. Judicial review is a feature of most but not all constitutional democracies in the world, as well as a feature of many nations that are considered less than democratic. In the so-called American model, general courts hear constitution as well as non-constitutional issues. In the so-called European model, there is one or more special constitutional court devoted exclusively to hearing cases challenging the constitutionality of government laws or acts. In addition to the judicial power to declare legislative or executive acts invalid, the question of judicial independence is important. In the federal system, judges are not elected but are nominated by the President and confirmed by the Senate, adding to the anti-democratic critique. Further, in many nations, the term for judges is a definite one, such as 10 or 12 years. In the United States Constitution, Article 3, Section 1 provides that federal judges shall hold their offices during good behavior, which is meant life tenure, although subject to impeachment. The central concern is that judges are able to exercise independent judgment without fear of reprisal or losing their positions. Simply put, if a judge can be terminated by the executive, she may be more cautious in ruling that a law signed by the executive is invalid. In the United States, Marbury v. Madison in 1803 is considered the landmark case that established judicial review. It is in virtually every constitutional law casebook in the United States. The case contains a famous quote by Chief Justice Marshall, It is emphatically the province and duty of the judicial department to say what the law is. Constitutional Interpretation The question of how courts should interpret the Constitution and the question of how we might understand judicial opinions and construct legal arguments 
is a difficult one. There are many types of constitutional theories, but the following is a broad outline. One, originalist theories. Originalist theories generally look to the framers of the Constitution to derive meaning. Different types of originalist theories include textualism, centers on the words of the Constitution. Questions include whether the specific phrase has a plain meaning. Broader questions include inquiry into the Constitution as a whole. Surrounding content, repeat of the words elsewhere in the Constitution, and absent words. Original intent focuses on the framers of the specific phrase. What did they intend? Original meaning, broader than original intent, considers what persons at the time would have understood by the specific phrase. Original purpose, broader than original intent, considers what the framers ultimately meant, even if they did not have a specific intent that governs the problem under consideration. Second, pragmatic theories. Pragmatic theories, sometimes also called legal process theories, generally consider the place of the courts in a democracy. Two major types of this theory take somewhat opposing perspective. Representation reinforcement. This theory focuses on the role of the unelected federal judicial branch in a democracy. It posits that the role of the court should be to reinforce representative democracy by preventing a tyranny of the majority and thus ultimately to forestall violent uprisings by minorities. Passive Virtues This theory also focuses on the role of the unelected federal judiciary in a democracy. However, it posits that the role of the courts should be to exercise restraint and allow the democratic process to work itself out unless the judiciary itself be compromised. Courts could not decide controversies too early and should always decide controversies on the narrowest grounds possible. Evolutive theories. Evolutive theories generally posit that the Constitution should evolve. Under this view, the past may be a guide, but should not be determinative. Types of these theories include living constitutionalism. This theory posits that constitutional meaning evolves and it is subject to reinterpretation by each generation. Justice Stephen Breyer has been a strong advocate of this theory. Critical theories, like living constitutionalism, these theories advocate for a progressive interpretation, but often from a specific vantage point. For example, critical race theory, would advocate that the Constitution enshrined slavery and white supremacy. So present 
interpretive strategies should attempt to reject that legacy. Similarly, critical feminist theory would advocate that the Constitution erases women and preserves patriarchy. So present interpretive strategies should attempt to reject that legacy. Popular constitutionalism. This theory calls for decentering the judiciary and advocates recognizing how average people today understand and enact constitutional norms. Judicial activism and judicial restraint overlap with constitutional theories. But theories do not necessarily coincide with activist or restrained outcomes. At its most basic level, an activist constitutional decision elevates a judicial determination over a democratic one. It declares the state action unconstitutional. Likewise, at its most basic level, when a court practices judicial restraint, it allows the democratically enacted government action to stand. Note also that activist restraint decisions do not necessarily coincide with liberal or conservative outcomes. Thanks, everybody. That's all I'd like to talk about in this section. Take care.